Hi, sisters. We made it. It is the final teaching in Philippians. Today, we are going to talk about to be the salt and the light. What does it mean to be a saint? Have you ever heard of boxology? And what does that mean? We got some really awesome stuff to talk about today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know that I have a study guide that I have written, Sisters Just Like You, who really want to know the deeper things of God, who want to understand God's attributes like love, God is truth, God is righteous, he's just. What does it mean that he's omnipresent and omniscient? And what does that mean for you personally? When people talk about Jesus and being justified and sanctified and to be redeemed, and how can you apply it to your daily life? And so many other questions, like can we really trust the Bible? And who are we as man? Is hell real? These are great questions that we need to know the answers to as we are walking in our Christ-like faith. To love him is to know him. And Jesus said that we will be worshiping him in spirit and truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So if you want to go deeper in your walk with God and have more understanding of the things that he has truly done for you and know more of the word for yourself, I highly recommend this study guide. I will have a link for you in the show notes on where you can get it. It is on Amazon and it's called Equipping the Saints. I hope this episode blesses you. Our finishing up the book of Philippians. We've been going through it for several months now, and it has been so beautiful. I pray that it has blessed you. So we are going to finish up the last four verses right now in Philippians chapter four. Uh, we just got done talking about how God supplies all of our needs. So here, in, in, I really want to like kind of bring you back to what we were just talking about, because we're getting in verse 20. We're going to talk about a doxology of what starts to happen here. So here's Paul. He's writing this letter or he's dictating it, one of the two. And he is talking about how he's so full of joy that their their sacrificial gift to him was literally this sweet smelling aroma that entered the throne room of God, the father was so pleasing to the father to see them walking in sacrifice and obedience and to see them thinking of others greater than themselves, to see them living out the gospel of Jesus Christ, imitating Christ as a sacrificial giver and server. And so remember Paul established this church. He labored among these people. He would have taught them. He would have discipled them. And so he would have just been so full of joy to see their fruit coming to fruition, to see them literally walking in the things that he would have taught taught them. Remember Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So they're imitating Paul as a sacri- as someone who was sacrificial. Remember the things that he talked about earlier, 
the things you learned from me you're doing that is so beautiful. There's nothing greater than when you're discipling somebody and, and they get it. And then you watch them go and imitate the truth of the gospel that you have been teaching them through the word of God. And not that we want to make disciples after ourselves. We want to make disciples after Jesus Christ. But if I'm imitating Christ and then you're imitating the Christ in me, it is absolutely so beautiful. And, and it really does bring joy to your heart that, to know that you are part that God is humbly allowing you to be a part of transforming people's lives. It is something that I am passionate about. I absolutely love discipleship. Um, I, I do biblical counseling slash discipleship. That's what I do. And so if you ever want to get with me, you know, just connect with me on the website because I love walking people through the word and helping them um, learn the word for themselves and really walk as Christ walked, because that is what transforms lives. So anyway, so let's get back to this. So we're going to go into verse 20. And I really want you to catch this because this is so beautiful. It goes on to say, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So what this is, is this is what we call a doxology. This is literally a worship of, of who God is. It's bringing glory to God. So what's happening here, it's almost like Paul has broke out into worship. So here's Paul. He's writing this letter. He's sitting in the prison. He's 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 writing these things. He's he's picturing as I'm I'm this is what I'm thinking. Like he's picturing as he's writing. He's thinking, man, with this beautiful gift they gave me out of sacrifice. They didn't have the money or the means, but they did it. They even sent a brother to walk to Rome to bring it to me, which he risked his life walking to Rome. Then he ends up getting sick and he could have died. So he saw the sacrifice of the brother who brought the gift. He saw the sacrifice of the whole church who got together to get the gift together to send Aphroditus to Rome. He's seeing the fruit of his labor. He's 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 picturing how this is such a sweet fragrance to the father. It brings him back to when he wrote in Ephesians 5.2 about Christ being that sweet aroma of sacrifice to the father when he laid his life down for you and me. And he just goes on to say, and God will supply all your needs. I just know that God is going to bless you guys because of your obedience and your sacrifice, that he is going to bless that. And he just gets all excited and he goes right into worship. Now is to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you just picture Paul just worshiping God right there in that moment. It's called a doxology. And I don't know how many times, guys, that I have been studying the word of God and something just hits me and I see God in a deeper way. I see his love. I see his truth. I see something or I'm just I'm, I'm really just, you know, moved by what I'm reading and how he, what he has done for others, what he's doing for me. And I will just break out in, in worship not necessarily singing a song that I know or anything like that, but it's just this, wow, God, you are so amazing. You're so worthy. There'll be times I'm just reading the scriptures and I just start crying. I, I can see the, the scriptures as a mirror into my own life and, and see what God has done for me. And remember, as Paul is writing this, he, just a few verses back, what he say? He said, I learned to be content. So here's Paul, he's writing this, he's thinking about all these things, and he's probably remembering a time when he was not content. 
with God when he was, you know, maybe complaining or grumbling or he wanted more. Or why do you got me in prison, God? I don't understand. I'm supposed to be out there preaching the gospel and you have whatever. I don't know. I'm again, this is extra biblical. I'll take this. That's I'm not teaching that as truth. I'm just trying to picture myself in Paul's situation and shoes and thinking how ungrateful I have been in the past, how I have not been content in my life in the past, even as a Christian wanting more, or this isn't enough, or why can't this be this way and, and whatnot. And so I'm picturing Paul here going, I learned how to be content that whatever state I am, I am content. And I really don't have a need. I'm here in prison, chained to a soldier. I have no privacy. I can't get a clean shower. My clothes stink and they're dirty. And, you know, I'm so content and I don't have a need. And Paul might be thinking, remember a time when I didn't have that kind of contentment. Glory to the Father. Glory to Christ Jesus, our God and Father, who has supplied all my needs, who has helped me learn how to be content, who has you know, taking this church of Philippi and turned it into a light and a beacon in that region who is giving sacrificially, who loves one another, who's thinking of others greater than themselves. And he's probably just, all of that just is overwhelming him with joy. And he busts out in this worship. That's how I want you guys to be when you're reading the word, that you're seeing the God of of. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all over the scriptures, you're seeing Christ, our God, all over the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, everything points to Christ. And you get so excited to just see who he is. And then the reflection of your own life and how he has saved you, how he pulled you out of the miry pit, how he did for you what you could never do for yourself. He paid your debt in full. He cleansed you. He justified you. He took all of your sin, past, present, and future. You are wiped clean. And for that, you can just start worshiping him. Worship is a heart posture. It's not a, It's not necessarily a song that's put to music. Those things can sometimes be, uh, they, they, they can be superficial. This is pure worship here. When you look at who God is and you just break out in, in admiration of him, adoration of him, worship. And you start declaring he is worthy. He is God forever and ever. He is omniscient, omnipresent. He's eternal and transcendent. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And he died for me. He died for you. And that's what's happening right here in verse 21 or verse 20. I'm sorry. And he's saying, amen. Just let it be so. That everything I just wrote that God's going to supply all your need, that he is there, that, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that, that he loves you and he will never leave you or forsake you. And you can learn to be content and you can be with that anxiety and you can have a grateful heart and you can have a peace that surpasses all understanding and a joy that is so complete, no matter what you're going through. Amen. Glory be to God, the God that saved you and the God that you serve. And then he goes on to say in verse 21, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. I love this. He calls us saints. He calls them saints. He says, 
you saints, greet all the saints, greet all the brothers and sisters that you guys are with for me. Give them hugs for me. Tell them how much I love them and I miss them. I'm praying for them. And then I want you to know that the saints over here, we are praying for you. We all love you. You know, we are a universal body. We are uniquely put together in a local body as one body locally to do the work of the Lord in that community. But then we are also a universal bride. And I love this because he calls us saints. That word literally means set apart for holiness or set apart for God, for his use for holiness. See, we used to be sinners. We used to be enemies of God. The wrath of God abided on our heads. We were God hating. And then he saved us and he separated us from the, the slave market of sin, and he put us in the slave market of righteousness, and we are now called saints. We are separated for holiness. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't still mess up, that we don't still sin. We're not sinless perfection, but we are set apart to be holy. We are set apart to be righteous. We are set apart to represent God. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. We are new creations in Christ. I am not a sinner anymore, though I do still sin. I still mess up. I still transgress. But I am a saint who still falls short. I am a saint that messes up. I am a set apart daughter of the king who still messes up. And when I do, I repent and it grieves me. But we are to be holy. Peter says in 1 Peter, be holy for I am holy. He's quoting the Old Testament scripture there. He's saying you are to be obedient children of God, walking in the fear of the Lord all the days of your life, being holy as he is holy. This is so important, you guys. A saint is not somebody who did some special thing that then gets venerated and then has saint put before their name and then they get worshiped. And then if you worship them this way or that way, they'll give you a special blessing like, oh, you'll your house will sell or you'll get money or you'll be healed because they're, they're saint so-and-so and we need to identify with that saint as a certain uh, personality or something I can identify. And now I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to venerate them, worship them and pray through them. That is idolatry. That is witchcraft, superstition, man-made traditions that is not biblical. We are all saints. If you are born again, if you are a born again, blood-bought, redeemed child of God, sister, you are a saint. Literally, you're a saint. But that's a great responsibility. You are separated for holiness. You are separated as, as, a, as a person here that represents the gospel of Jesus Christ, that represents God. In the Old Testament, God chose an, a nation and he took that nation, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, and he separated them for himself to represent him as the one true God. They were like no other nation in the world. They ate different. Their customs were different. They worshiped their God differently. They dressed differently. They spoke differently. They did things differently so that all the other nations could see that there was something different about them because what was different was that they worshiped the one true God. There's only one God. And all the other nations worshiped false gods and pagan pagan gods. They were false. They were, they were demonically inspired gods, right? There's only one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who's revealed himself through the person of Jesus Christ. 
And so now God doesn't just have one nation set apart for him. He now has an entire people group from all nations that represent him as one body. We, we are made up of every tribe and tongue and nationality, every, uh, we are made up of male and female, all of it. And we're one body and we are called to be separated from this world, to come out from among the world and be separate from the world. We should look different. We should talk different. We should dress different. We should act different. That doesn't mean we have to get all crazy and we all wear purple and everyone wears a green hat. And that's how they know because we look different. No, this is, we dress modestly. We don't cuss. We don't laugh at dirty jokes. We don't get involved with racism and those kind of things. Like we love all people because our the body of Christ is made up of every nationality and tongue and tribe. And we're all brothers and sisters, right? We don't, um, we do not get drunk. We don't get high. We don't do drugs. We don't have sex outside of marriage. We do not commit adultery. We, you know, we, there's things that are expected of us. We don't, um, get, have anger outbursts and, and beat up people, right? We don't, we don't do that. We don't murder. These are things that we as Christians are not supposed to be participating in. Now, can you be a Christian and fall into sin and, and, and or, or, or get tripped up for a second? Of course, repent. Confess your sin to Christ. He is faithful to cleanse you of your sin, but then don't go back and do it again. Remember the woman caught in adultery. He said, go and sin no more. He cleansed her out. He cleansed her up, justified her and said, go, don't go and sin no more. And that is us. Come out from among the sin that you were once a part of. Come out from the world that you once loved and participate in all the worldly things. And you become separated as a saint of God. He chose you. He separated you. He cleansed you and he made you holy. Now we must represent that holiness to the outside world. People are watching you as you are separated out. How, what do you participate in at work? What does your marriage look like and the way that you raise your kids and the way that you conduct yourself in this world? Are you representing the Christian Bible, the, the Christ in his teachings? Or do you look, act and talk very much like the world, but then call yourself a Christian? Let it not be so. We are called to be separated from this world and to be holy as he is holy. And if you, you know, need more help on that, get a hold of me, contact me. Let's talk about it. There is grace and mercy, but don't take it for granted. Do not take it for granted. A true born again believer does not continue in habitual sin. We repent and we discipline our bodies and we bring it into subjection to the word of God. And we, um, you know, get discipleship and we do what we need to do to make the changes that need to be made. And we have the power to do it because the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. And for those who have been cleansed, do they still live in sin? Let it not be so. Romans 6, 1 and 2. And so, and then the next part of this is he's talking about the household of um, Caesar, greets them, the saints that are in the household of Caesar. The household of Caesar is actually Nero's home. So Paul was under house arrest in Nero's home. You can kind of picture maybe the White House and there, you know, there's jail sale cells and things like that. So Paul is in the palace of Caesar, of Caesar's palace, where, where Nero was in charge. We already talked about Nero, about how heinous he was. He fed the Christians to lions. He 
put, he was still crucifying people. He also would light the streets of Rome at night with people, with Christians bodies, like they'd be alive and he'd torch them. And then that's what would light the streets of Rome while they went out and partied. That's what, like we have street lights. They were the street lights. It's very sadistic. This man was sadistic, but here's the deal. Paul, no matter where Paul was, he was going to preach the gospel, preach Christ and him crucified. And so what was happening is every time, every time a new jailer took a shift to have to sit down and be be uh, jailed to Paul, he would preach the gospel to that guy. If there was a cook that came in with some food, he preached the gospel to that guy. He preached the gospel to the governors and all the, the government officials that would come around and, and whatnot. He was preaching the gospel to everyone in, in Caesar's household or Nero's household in which he could preach the gospel. And guess what? There were believers. People got saved. Here's the deal. No matter where God has you in life, you are to be the salt and the light there. Do not hide your light under a basket. Do not hide your light under a basket at work. Don't hide your light under a basket at school. Don't light, don't light, hide your light under a basket in your neighborhood. Don't hide your light under a basket at church. Don't light, hide your light under a basket anywhere. If God, wherever God has you, and even if it's in a really dark, demonic place, like where Paul would have been, Nero's palace, right? Nero's household, where he's murdering Christians, That'd have been a pretty dark place to be, but here's Paul preaching the gospel and God was saving souls. And those saints knew that he was writing this letter and they're like, tell the, everyone at the, in, at the church in the Philippians that, you know, tell them, I love them. Tell them we we're sending out hugs. Can you imagine? And guess what guys, even Nero could get saved if he repented. As evil as he was, Paul was a murderer and God saved him. There is nobody that's beyond the reach of God for salvation. So do not look at somebody and think, oh, there's no way. Hitler could have gotten saved. Nero could have gotten saved. And so can the old grandma who spent her whole life serving and doing all these great things, but never became born again. She too can become born again. We don't want to just look at people and go, oh, you're worthy of salvation, but you're not. God died for all. He wishes that no man should perish. He took the sins of the world upon him. And so repent. We call people to repentance. Preach the gospel. Don't just preach it with your words. Preach it with your lifestyle as well. You need both. Don't preach the gospel and then live like a hypocrite. Don't go to work and tell everybody about Jesus and how they need to repent and blah, blah. But then you're over here getting drunk, at going out to the bars with them and getting drunk. Or you're, you know, looking at lustful things or laughing at lustful jokes or whatever. Like repent, like do not do that. Do not play the hypocrite. Come out from among the world and be separated and do not hide your light under a basket. Wherever God has you, sister, preach the gospel, we do not know who God is saving and he will use you right where you're at. And so that is such a beautiful reminder. Verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let it be so. So I pray that Lord, let it be so that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all my sisters that are listening to this teaching right now, touch them, bless them. Father, I pray that this letter just gets into the depth of their soul, that you use it to just transform their life, to just show them who you are, to call us all higher, help us to walk in that unity, to think of others greater than ourselves, to not be anxious for anything, Father, and to just 
really walk with sacrificial living with our time, talent, and treasure. Father, bless my sisters, wherever they are, in the valleys, on the mountaintops. Father, wherever situation they find themselves, let them be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being with me during this Philippians teaching. And I am super excited for the next teaching and we will, I'll be announcing that soon. And so come and find me on our Facebook group, contact me on my website. I am here for you. And I love you guys so, so much. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.